On my uh, my deck, Jared. That's what I mean. Like, just a nice deck. I think no we just wind. no wind today. Yeah, it's like seventy degrees. Uh, I did want to comment, you know, uh, on the fact that when I was pulling in recently, a couple months ago, I was like contemplating on getting a lawnmower. Okay, and then I started pulling into my yard, and I love the tall grass. You do? Yeah. Why? I think it looks great. It looks like and shit. No, when I came into here to yours, yeah. the tall this, yeah. this looks great. Yeah, but if the, all the tall grass was up to the deck, it, it doesn't look manicured. No, 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 not up to your deck. I'm talking about your entranceway when you come through your gate and you Got drive it. through the driveway. Okay, that's fair. Don't mow that anymore. Well, did you notice that I repaved the driveway too? I was going to ask if that was sealer or pavement because I need a pave guy. It's, it's sealer. We're just talking about dad shit on the oh, podcast. God. Well, that's what's fucked up. Is as I'm pulling in, I'm like, ooh, looks nice. Did right? he uh, did he get new pavement here? Because I need new pavement. I need no, to get it's, that. It's a, it's a sealer that you just put on there, so the cracks and it's not concrete, but the pavement yeah. don't break apart. I need new asphalt for the driveway. Yeah, you just need new ass or asphalt. New, new asphalt. Okay. Asphalt. okay. Asphalt. My well went out. Again. Oh, that's yeah. expensive. Yep. Well, the pumps didn't. Now it was just the collection. I don't know. Well problems, man. I mean, I guess I, I like the fact that I don't have to pay for water though. It's, it's a nice thing. I mean, out here in Hill Country, it, the water's sparse. I'm not sure into your property, but we have a very rich neighborhood across from us that nice steals water a lot of water. Yeah, yeah, a nice watershed? Yeah, it's great. I like it. Three septic tanks. I'm ready for a resort on my land. <laughs> Look at all this. Look at this talk. I know. We sound sober. Yeah, well, we are. We are. Are you, You're still on your non-drinking I am. Kick. I'm on 32 days today. 32 Feeling days. great. That's yeah. a month. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. That's good. Looking good. Skin looks healthy. It, uh, yeah, I definitely noticed that. I, I mean, I just feel all around better. It's good. I've been eating better. I'm drinking Alpha Brain right now. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I had a Topo Chico with some uh, Strike Force because I was like, oh, wow. But uh, I've been conscious about this. I was, as I was leaving to come here, I was like, oh, I'm going to stop at the gas station and get a Red Bull. And I was like, so terrible. I'm not a fan of Red Bull. Yeah. Achoo. Sorry, sorry. It's the it's the hey, you just mowed. It's that it's that grass fever. <laughs> anyway, this is uh this is one of my special episodes, the who's who in the zoo. That's what we're calling that. You know, I did Eli. You did Eli, you did one on one, then you came to I me. I got Jack said, in the can. But got, Jack, we have, to, I have to I have to edit some things into that. Okay. So that one's gonna be a little custom one where you get kind of a vlog with Jack's story. So it kind of goes in and out of like mine and Jack's day to day. So, you know, waking up near the pool at about 12, <laughs> you know, arguing over what we're going to film, me covered in some sort of condiment. Yeah, mustard, like lots yeah. of mustard over there. I had a really good idea for a video I'll tell you later while okay. I was on this trip. So this one's you. Now, perfect. we get to kind of get interesting in this because you have a book called yes. Thank You for My Service. Yes. And the book covers everything up until we started the movie pretty much uh in great detail so if yeah. you want to hear about matt's life story when he was a child and a teenager in a punk emo band and yeah, i think a lot of those in the book are like generalizations right they're like because you have only a chapter to discuss maybe a two-year period so you kind of pick and choose the most interesting stories of that but there's yeah. a lot of like incremental things that happen throughout that that you necessarily can't describe in 
in detail based off of just you can't have it. But are you ever going to revisit those, really? Like, it's not like no. you're going to do another book and go no. back into... Because I feel like the details between you and I from 2012 to present, that could be like a nine nine books. You just pick a six-month period and some weird things. Yeah, I've actually been asked if I'm going to do another book. And, and something that I, I've, I've seen a lot of people do, and I'm not discrediting it by any means of the imagination, but what I, I personally don't want to do is you come out with that kind of autobiography and then you immediately go into fiction. And, no, and that's what a lot of people do. do. Fiction. I don't think you should do fiction. Well, I think a lot of people do that because it's a good source of revenue and then you can like crap out two books a year. But I'm, tr I'm trying to go through you, like book launched in 19. Yeah, but you and I, if you look at... If you look at what we could do just literature wise, you know, we could we could do a branding book. We could all do a a marketing book. We could do just, you know, on production. Like there's a lot of subjects that you could go into never touching fiction that you could do a whole thing on. Like even just right. the art of production from our standpoint, when you go from being a single source person with right. a camera and a tripod and right. iMovie to what we just finished up to a week and a half ago at Bass Pro with a yeah. crew of 25 to 35 people and full production yeah. and, and you're still managing them. Like there's a lot of information in there that business owners, you know, content is key now. Like it's, it's never going to change. Well, I think that that's my idea. And I don't want to give too much of it away because I've already kind of done some, some not pre-production, but ideation around what I wanted to do, which would be, I feel like there's a lot of those self-help books out there, but they're so like ambiguous it's in it's the sense generic that like, yeah, get philosophy. out there, do it right. There's yeah. statements without substance. And I think that, that when, if you're able to articulate real life experience, uh, specifically related to like the veteran experience and being a team leader or squad leader and all these leadership roles that you had and applying those to like a business perspective or in production. And a lot of the things that you do in the military are exactly what you have to do. It's a leadership, a management role, you know, crossing your T's and dotting your I's. And I think that that's why there's a lot of military veterans have been successful. And I think really what carried us through was like hard work and applying those skill sets. And I, and I think that there's a lot of parallels between that, that I think a lot of people don't understand. I think that would give a lot of people confidence to be able to actually go out and do what they want to do full time rather than the whole nine to five grind that's been yeah, conditioned. You in know, us. you know, that's, and that's an interesting point because I've never, I don't buy into motivation philosophy at all. Like, and Nor I've never I. once, I can never say, and you, you and I have been around pretty much everybody under the sun in our realm, you know, that have, have taken stages in front of thousands of people before to get up there. Like I'd never have sat in something and gone, man, that, that is motivating because this philo the, the philosophy motivation thing, like it doesn't mean anything to me. I'll listen forever when somebody gets up and gets technical with like a struggle or like, Hey, I had a big problem with shipping something or shipping multiple things. And, and right. this is like, and I'll be like, Oh, okay. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. I like right. this. I like, but somebody is like, you need to, you need to grab the day by the neck. And it's like, yeah. I'm sorry. What? Well, motivational statements are like Pinterest quotes. They're they're fleeting motivation, right? You feel like empowered in that in that moment, but then you immediately lose it because there's no yeah. substance behind it. Like, how do you action on that statement? And if you don't have process and a plan to implement that, then you go nowhere with it. It's merely get out there and crush the day. What what the flying fuck does I, that even mean? I will say, guys, like 
Dave Rutherford and Marcus Luttrell, I have no, there's some in on great, some things. Like, like there's some Marcus is motivating, and it's but it's not philosophy motivation. It's more of like listening to some of the things that he did, even outside of of, of Red Wings and all that stuff. Just as an SDV guy, it's like holy shit, man! That's a world I know nothing about, and I'm just like fascinated by it. And like Dave Rutherford, Dave Rutherford and Marcus both have a really good like have shaped my attitude to this day on dealing with kind of disappointing uh, dealings or friend friendships that fucking go away because yeah. of business and things like that, because they, they just have such a good outlook on it. Like Marcus has always like said, you know, nobody can burn him for life. Like he forgives, he forgives, you know, if you're a shitbag, you know, he'll just tell you that was a really shitty thing, but I'll forgive you. Don't do it anymore. Like, and it's just like, a, it's such a weird to hear him like explain when right. somebody wronged him so bad, you right. know, he even had a friend of his that didn't bother to tell him and then released a book about, you know, just disparaging against Red Wings and all this stuff. And he's still like, in private company, the guy won't say a bad thing about that. He's just like, oh, you know, he might have just been a little misguided then. You're just like, Jesus, dude. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think, right, like <laughs> resentment is energy and we only have so much energy in a day. And if you're willing to like let it just take over your life and have, you know, three to four hours a day, you're fucking mad at someone. I mean, we've talked about that before where we've run into that kind of cyclic behavior of getting frustrated and then communicating about frustrating things without an actual like critical thought of how we resolve it. But it's more bickering and bitching like that, that, like it gets you nowhere. And it's, it's, it's a huge hit on the ego to kind of let that go. But I think that's something we've done well. And I've tried to do over the years. It's been like, this dude has publicly well, get, slandered me, yeah. talk shit, discredit me, tried to ruin friendships and business. And then I just got to be like, you're just out of my life and I'm moving on. Yeah. We're getting better at it now. Yeah. I mean, obviously it takes a lot of emotional in the intelligence. Beginning, we're, get, we're, yeah. you know, we come from a realm where it's like, you say something like, I'm, I'm, all right, let's go, dude. Well, that's then, the ego, right? You're like, yeah. okay, how about you fly to Texas? And I beat and the really fuck now, out of you. Though, like, okay, I can't do that. It's, I've gotten way better at, at kind of unpacking and trying to figure out, okay, was this really malicious? Like, were they, were they purposely trying to do something or is this just their perspective was different and they feel uh, they, they are just going off of a, a, a path that on a different perspective that I didn't think about, you know? So it's like, if someone's malicious and someone's just a bad person, I have no problem getting pretty evil with that. Like, yeah. uh, but spending the time to make sure before you, before, right. you know, I mean, back in eight years ago, I'd well, go high like, and right real quick. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> we all I think there's like influence behavior, like you're saying, where there's been a social circle around them that has influenced them to be act against how they actually are internally. And then there's like the malicious intent, which is the people that... You know, yeah, that, when that's when just, you have to get a little aggressive because yeah, they're just, out to ruin you for the sake of your demise rather than... And for themselves. And for at themselves, the end of the yeah. It's, it's yeah. personal benefit based off of character assassination. And that's a, that's a no-go in my book. Mm, no, nobody gets mercy once they become a bad human. Yeah, we'll, we'll tickle then, them until they then pee I themselves. Then I get real creative. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like rewinding back, like we've we've done a lot of weird 
crazy things, like not. not do you, do you ever look of, back on some of like the content eight years ago? Because you know, I'm I'm pretty proud of her of her lifespan this far in social media. And you're like, holy shit, I made that joke. Oh yeah, my god, that, it's, it's like a maturity and age thing. But I'm like, like oh wow, I went there. I did not know. Like like that doctor skit you and Evan did. That's still up. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it about a month ago and I went, whoa. I know. I was actually on a on a corporate <laughs> call yesterday with some some very high level people in a in a in a professional organization. And they're like, man, I watched the like the airport sushi video. That thing was awesome. And I was like, oh yeah, it was like kind of like the mayonnaise stuff that yeah, we've done. I was yeah. like, So you like you liked it. You liked, you liked you, it, right? Yeah, you liked that <laughs> one, huh? Yeah. You know, um you had you had started putting out videos. Yeah. Seth. Well, Seth. We don't even know where Seth is these days. I don't days. know where Seth is these days. Uh, last time I saw him was in Seattle. And uh, he was running around with me and Evan and then disappeared yeah. from us. Like he was supposed to have dinner with us or something and then just disappeared. And I've never seen Seth to this day. No shit. Seth linked you and I up on Facebook. Unbeknownst yeah. to either of us. Yeah, that 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 was a weird one. I think there there's a lot of the those risks you take throughout the years as far as networking. I mean, nothing nor did I need to be motivated to fly down to El Paso, but there was just this like intuition in the back of my head that said, "Why not?" And it was like a cost benefit analysis, like unknowingly to me at the time was, "What do I lose if I fly down and meet this guy Jared Taylor who says all this wild shit that I don't really believe any of it?" And then when you show up and then it's validated, I'm like, oh man, I could have missed this opportunity. And then, you know, you were a great influence on production and professionalizing ideas in my head, which subsequently, you know, to this day has benefited me as far as building production teams and building out a team for specific things that we're doing related to content and marketing and applying the leadership skills that you have from the military. But if you don't know that world and have someone to kind of show it to you, you're kind of on your own. Um, and and the, the benefit that to that, I think today is there's so much information out there on the internet. And I think a lot of people are so confined to this ideology that you have to go to a four-year education. I mean, I have a bachelor's degree and it's done absolutely nothing for me. Uh, everything that I learned technically has been from YouTube or friends yeah. or sitting, you know, backseat doing, early on doing. watching you edit and being like, oh, so you wait, what's the shortcut? Yeah, I put B as my blade cut because then watch how fast I can zip yeah. through this. I'm like, okay, now I'm more efficient with my time, which gives me more time to ideate or out creative ideas and just like consistently bettering yourself to have a better outcome. But it requires work. Well, I mean, also too, our, our kind of mantra or general thought process is we're, we're always trying to do better than the last one. Yeah, and there's there's a there's a, a number of people out there that ignore that. They're never trying to make a better. It's just oh, I know how to I know how to make X, Y, or Z, and I'm yeah. just going to keep doing that and doing that and doing that. Where every time we're like, wait, how do we how do we make this even cooler? Yeah, and I think there's to, to kind of a call back to the motivational stuff. I think when people always say that term like be don't be afraid to fail, you know that there's. Uh, ways to apply that in, in a content sense, at least and a business sense. But we've put out stuff that we're like, we're not sure if the audience will resonate with this. And we've done it and it's performed very terribly considering on like an average basis of what we've done before. But we tried it and you're like, okay, I guess that's not really what people are consuming right now. And, you know, you, maybe you, you broke even on it and you spent, you know, 60 hours of your time, but now, you know, you validated that. And there's like factual analytics to go, okay, that's not something we can do right now. Let's pivot and try something new. 
Well, one thing that we were really good at in the beginning was we were always operating where there was a gap. Like, so if you look at when, when we really kicked off the comedy videos, the, the popular thing online was shooting instruction. Right. You had Funker 530 slash Funker Tactical when they were still one. They had Ryan, the Canadian up there that was their personality that was teaching medical things and shooting stuff. And then you had Instructor Zero, you had Jaeger, you had Chris Costa. So it was like the entire industry that was wrapped around military and tactical stuff was all focused on... Who who has the new draw? Who knows how to right. how to change a mag the fastest? Who can do this? Yeah. So it was a constant, but still that was the traffic generators. And it was like leading up to before meeting you and working in the industry as just advertising and and creation. It was like I I kept like I remember just pitching all the time, dude. What if we did something funny? And they'd go. Well, what do you have? Oh, I don't really know. Like, cause right. I never had had, I was always the one wanting to produce it. Never having the, the kind of foresight to, to be in front of the camera. And when how to be an operator came out, it was just like, send it. Like the industry exploded amongst right. the crosstalk of, cause you remember Vert, Vertex and a number of other companies were all beaten on the door. Right. right after that happened. Like, oh my God, who is this guy? Well, yeah, I think that there's like those, those consistent social trends you have with content that are like, you, you see it now with reaction videos, like everybody's doing them now, but then there's going to be a shelf life on that until something new and exciting comes out, but you have to kind of take a risk to do that. And I think that's something that we probably unknowingly did was that chest beating stuff. And I, 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 I and from my perspective, it was always, cause I was still contracting at the time when I'd sit around the fire pit at night we weren't talking about, and I'd venture to say the majority of military guys and gals were that way. We weren't talking about how badass we are. Hey, we weren't man, talking how, like, how fast do you, yeah. how fast do you fucking cock your remember, gun? Yeah, remember when like, you know, we're competitive on the range, but there was always like, that's not what you talk that's about. That's not what you talk about. And I was like, well, why doesn't that content exist? Because that's something that brings us all together. You know, it's very similar to like the coffee thing. It's something you do in the morning together. But that content and that that humor brought everybody together around the fire pit after a stressful day. So it's like, why not encapsulate that and do an actual like video that the world can see? And, and then the apparel was scarce. It was, yeah. grunt style was still in its, its, Kind of infant stages. Ranger up, you know. Ranger up was the long-standing one at the time that had that had come up in two thousand eight. But everything was very chest beating. It was it was death. I kill. I shoot. I'm a you know. I'm this this you know. Here's a sword or a rifle and things like that. And we were like, let's just make fun of ourselves. Well, yeah, I think that goes back to like, <laughs> what do you want to do? And, I, and, and the majority of us, and there's a market, there, yeah, there's a market yeah. there for the guys that want to wear that and, and cheers to them. But I think for us, I never wanted to walk out with like the stay back 15 feet shirt, you know, yeah. dis- disgruntled veteran. It was just, I didn't want, I didn't want that you opinion. you remember the first hashtag we came up with? Uh, d- dolphin rape? No, unicorn ain't got shit. Unicorn ain't got shit. What's <laughs> some weird hashtags back in the day, man? Like Remember we made all this shirt about the, 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 it was me with the pistol fighting off a dolphin yes, trying dolphin to like have sex with Dolphin rape me. is real. God. Like we were just making up random bullshit. Fun stuff. And then wrapping it into a package and serving it to everybody going, look, this is stupid, but it's funny. 
Well, I think we enjoyed it and, and we still enjoy it. And I think that that's a very good cultural aspect of what people should absorb in their businesses is having fun because outwardly facing who wants to see the drama and the amount of boring work and executive work we put in that that's not fun. You know, they want to see the creative ideas that happen at night and the friendship and the commonalities of our humor and, and our culture. They want to see that. And that's why I think, you know, we've, we, we've had our ups and downs throughout the years, but that's something we really try to put out to the world is how do we entertain and inspire these, the world out there to, to laugh and, and just enjoy themselves and, and community build rather than, you know, look at us. We're so hardworking. Yeah. Like, ah, you know, no one needs to know that they'll, they'll see it through <laughs> what we put out. Yeah. So that first trip that you came to El Paso, we did the Harlem shake video. We did, yeah. we had, forward film the 25,000 YouTube subscriber video. Yeah, where you slapped me like we, 19 times to get yeah, the right. Yeah, you kept wanting me to slap, like, like, slap, hard. slap you. <laughs> um, we, I, I introduced you to Pilot X. We went and we flew. Yeah. And then we did... Uh, Pilot X, my favorite. Shout out to him. Yeah. We did a Ruck Pack commercial. That's right. We did. We did all your headshots and stuff in the studio and started yeah. building. We started the Facebook page. Yeah. And then you went home. <laughs> what, yeah. the, what the hell happened when you got home? Were you like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> was I, was I raped? Yeah. <laughs> was I digitally raped? <laughs> well, it was weird because I, I'd always had that creative sense of me, but I'd never seen like any form of production ever into that point. The only thing that I had was, which is funny, Marty Scovlin, who's um, the editor in chief at um, Coffee or Die magazine now, he, him and I had discussed. The we Ranger met, breakfast. Yeah. We met thing. over Ranger breakfast and, yeah. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd done some work and I asked those Ranger guys like, Hey, how to work out like an operator. And, um, the, the gym that was Ranger on the CrossFit gym was nice enough to open up their facility. And it was Leo, uh, Leo didn't open it. He was a part of it. it, I forget the gentleman that actually owned it, I believe, but they they allowed me to use their facility. And it was interesting because I came back from Iraq and I got in, I believe it three o'clock or something, four o'clock in the morning when I landed. And then I was at the gym like six hours later prepping to shoot. And I had my shitty little camera and it was just me. You had had just received the like first four prints of the shirts we came up with. Yeah. 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 I think you'd like mailed them and they're waiting for me at my house. And so I was like, I guess I'm going to make this video. I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) but I think this is funny. And and truly, I, I, I think that something that I don't put out there enough is a lot of the success early on in the comedy writing and the, in the, the sculpting of it came from like the, the Ranger guys I was around that day in the gym. A lot of that humor was on spot and they're like, you know, what's funny. Like you should do this, this Delta line where like, we don't see anybody cause they're tier one and we want, and I'm like, <laughs> that's really funny. And, and so it wasn't always Those from my brain. Best videos too, where we're coming up with it. Like while we're standing there. <laughs> Like, yeah, which is an interesting component. I think not a lot of people know the that. What if we, game. <laughs> we, we, even working with Corridor to this day, like, you know, we had a script the night before and we pivoted on um, the and horror it, movie. And, and like, they, they had, yeah, they had I have like there. drunken written notes that Sam's like, I, I don't, I don't really get this. It's just like, Jared, laugh, A10, shoot. Fat P and he's like, what? 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 Oh, I mean, no, I mean, you got to even go into detail a little bit better than that. Corridor is flying out with their entire crew. Yeah. And the day they land and show up, you tell them, we're not filming what you thought we were. Yeah, sorry, this whole Corridor. time. 
Well, and we're I th- filming this, right? And it's just a napkin, <laughs> right? And, and like, as much as you always want to say there's process involved with everything, and you're like, okay, there's a production schedule, but the, that, that's an honest truth. There is, we had Corridor and their whole team flying out to San Antonio. We had a lot of overhead as far as renting Airbnbs and personnel and production and and a lot of stuff that we had on the medieval script that we were writing. But there was some things that I think we we weren't content with on the script. And it was like a three day prior, let's change this. And I was actually up in Deseret with Logan and Evan. I was like, I don't want to do this video anymore. They're like, yeah, we should maybe pivot. We didn't have cell service. So the funny thing is, I don't think Corridor even told their whole entire crew until no, they landed. Jake said that he kept it. He's like, I'm not even Yeah, Jake didn't tell anybody shit. until they landed. They're like, so we're not doing that video. Okay, so now that you guys are here. <laughs> and it was a race literally the day before to get all the props and then set up and um, it's a testament. And we did a two-day shoot, two-day yeah. principal photography, and we were done. Done and done. Yeah. But and it the, came out amazing. Yeah, that was a really fun one. It was really fun for for how quick that is, because we finalized that script four days before yeah. that. Like, the, I wouldn't yeah. say finalized. It was like the jokes were there, and then we the night before, we were structuring them into, like, I mean, shootable even content. the day of, we were trying to war game some of the, okay, how does the Invisible Man scene work? Yeah. How is this Evan, you know, you know, there was some, at some point, we were talking about Evan, all of us watching an invisible fight because Evan had the camo that turned him invisible right. and he's fighting the invisible man. It's just us watching nothing. Which is an interesting <laughs> thing. I mean, for a few people that saw that video, Evan appears because we had him being invisible and hunting later and it just didn't work with the timeline. And so Evan's like, I got reactive armor this year. And then you never reactive hear about camo. He said the wrong line. Yeah. <laughs> and then you never see that again. Like, no, there's no storyline. No, like, like, we're just kind of like dodge that one. Like, Don't worry like, about okay, this, guys. We, we forgot that one. Um. So moving back, like, I remember when you sent me the lyrics to Navy SEAL versus Ranger Rap Battle. Yeah. And I was just lat- like, no way. You're doing a you're doing a song like and then you were yeah. you were flying to my house and Denver got hit with a massive snowstorm yeah and you your flight got canceled so it was just mm-hmm. like we were FaceTiming and I drew some diagrams on how to set the camera up. yeah just- <laughs> yeah was, those are fond memories of me because it's like you had a you had like a classic case of not knowing what the fuck you were doing me that was right when yeah. you got your that camera too yeah I think you I bought that Sony XA10 with yeah. autofocus I had no yep. clue and interestingly enough the uh, when I, I was writing that when I was in Iraq and I I initially wrote it as a Navy SEAL like rap slash like boy band thing. So, and then I was reading the lyrics and I was like, this sounds like I'm just being an asshole to seals. Like there's jokes in there, but like there's, there's no contrast to it. And then I remember running to one of my team members and I was like, what if I did a rap battle? Like Rangers, he was like, that's fucking hilarious. I'm like, you really think he goes, yeah, that's funny. And so I ran back to my room. I think I skipped my college class that day and just wrote out that, that, that whole script. I still think to this day, we have to redo that. That'd be fun to do. Please comment if you think we should do that down there. Like I said, we go back to the first rap battle you did. We get the beat completely remastered. You yeah. can rap a thousand times better now. And Sick then we with the rap when yeah. fling my and flow. And then we get a SEAL team or like a reserve SEAL team yeah. because the Navy allows you to film all kinds of things to do with SEALs. They're like, fuck yeah. So it's like, let's get Swick and some boats and an actual SEAL team and refilm this video that's just amazing. That would be very I fun. I would love that project this year. 2021. Navy SEAL rap battle remastered. 
I know you've been you've been pushing for that one for a while. I know. I know. Um, and then so then you did then you did how to work out like an operator. That one is what kicked us off. Article fifteen. Remember, we started yeah. Article fifteen. Our whole goal was two thousand extra dollars a month. Yeah, I think the first one it was really because I mean I've talked a little bit about it, but not in depth. But like how how to how to be an operator was the first one because I shot that really shittily on a tripod myself for the most part. Yeah. Um, and my best friend's wife at the time helped me, and uh, yeah, that one because I'd done some other just general guy content, and that one just kind of like exploded, and that, the reception and was so well. It was reception like, versus reality, yeah. and then uh, awkward sex moments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's some weird ones in there. How do you remember yeah. those? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then, how to work like a out like an operator? We put out January, like right after the new year. Yeah. And then we we had launched uh, Article 15 on the 15th of January, and but you see, but if you go back, you had launched Navy Seal versus Army Ranger rap battle. I think beginning of December and there's a little powered by logo art 15. That was the yeah. first time the art 15 <laughs> logo had ever appeared. And there was a bunch of comments. That one like, or was it, was it, I think it was like, uh, effects of pre-workout there. There, there maybe, was, yeah. yeah, I think, and I put the title in there, but it was like, what, yeah. what is this? Wait, art what, 15 what is that? Yeah. I, like, oh, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. It wasn't even a thing well, yet. And, uh, I remember our first, so from January 15th to February 1st, we did, uh, $10,000 in gross revenue. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and, uh, I remember Cody being like, "That's a that's a hundred twenty thousand dollar a year business. This is this is legitimate, guys." Yeah, like, <laughs> I think that, that's an interesting concept, and I, I've tried to maybe articulate that over the years. Was it was a hobby that we were chasing, and the, we the, just wanted better equipment. Yeah, the mere goal was a monetization structure that really was just supplemental we all, we income. All had jobs. Yeah, we all had careers. You were in the Air Force <laughs> yeah. for a long ass time. Yeah, I was, was my thirteenth year, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I was finishing my college education because I wanted to do some other stuff on that side of the house where I was contracting. And that was my professional dream and goal was to move up on that side. And then slowly and surely that happened. And then of course the horse accident was changed to that, which was- That's years later. True. But I mean, you know, I was still working towards that goal. And then, you know, we were incrementally increasing our our sales and and the production and everything we were doing. But yeah, it was was wild, wild times back then. We filmed back to back. We did the- the initial R15 commercial when we did Marsock for Screen Beret. Yeah. Uh, and then push those out. I remember like I had that metrics where I was predicting what we were going to do with Marsock for Screen Beret and it just blew it out of the water. And that, yeah. it didn't make sense because you and I kept talking about it. We're like, this is super inside baseball. It's two super small communities. Right. And then we're, we're looking at 2 million views the first... 48 hours and we're like, what? Yeah, I, I think I remember we uploaded that because it was time I went to sleep and it had like, I woke up and I was rushing to get to work. I had like 500,000. I was like, what the hell? And by the time I got back from work, it was like over a million. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that was bizarre. Super bizarre. Super bizarre. Oh, it was a good, that was a fun video. I think the best part about all of that too is just to see the content received. And it was such a new thing back there that people were like, 
what the fuck I want more of this. Yeah. And that, and that was super entertaining for me because I, I never necessarily want to be in the spotlight, but I love having the ideas of all of our, us in our head and then putting them on paper and then going kind of script to screen and then showing someone like a, you know, polished diamond per se of the, the, the shitty ideas that we had, you know, a couple yeah. weeks earlier. That That's the far, the funnest part of well, that process it was, for me. It was shortly after that when I just kept hounding you to move to El Paso. Just move. Just fucking move. Yeah. You don't got to be anywhere. Just move. Yeah. <laughs> which is and this, then that's when Derek. essentially I did, yeah. Derek came out and we filmed how to be a veteran mm -hmm. that was when you moved and yeah i think th there's a lot of those things in there when people think things just happen i mean there's a lot of personal sacrifices i had kind of had my life up there with my friends in colorado and then i had that kind of decision in my brain as far as do i want to live comfortably here this is what i know or do i want to take a chance to go to el paso and i literally you know grabbed my tacoma i think at the time and Didn't you have a tundra i think it was a maybe yeah. it was a tundra at the you time the black tundra and it hooked up that tiny little U-Haul trailer yeah. through like the bare necessities of my life, sold everything loaded, else. Loaded everything in the garage. You took the U-Haul yeah. back and then you got the apartment the next yeah. day. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, do that three times. That's yeah. what I've done. Three times yeah. is Just unroot my reset, complete life, yeah. you, sell everything, and then and move to a different state. You and I in that tundra again a couple years later and we head up to Salt Lake. Yeah, with a, <laughs> with a ruck, two rucksacks. Yeah, we had just bags. <laughs> I will say like, I think because being overseas for so many years of my life that there, there's something refreshing and invigorating about all I have to deal with is like, right here. there's my fucking 10 shirts. There's like my freaking underwear. I got sandals and shoes, but fuck shoes. I don't really like shoes and that's it. And like <laughs> everything else is up to me. And, and that's like a very empowering thing for my personality is, is there's not all these distractions and roots built in the ground that complicate and make everything more difficult. It's just, this is all I have. And now it's up to me, my brain and a camera to go for it with, with this amazing team that we built. Well, and, and then, so you, you got moved in and then you deployed Again. Which I did move in with you for like two days. And then I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm an introvert. Just, I'm going to move small, in. My... It was a small room too. Like yeah. there was like, once we put that dresser in there, it was like, you had like maybe three square feet apart of carpet. Yeah. But I did have your snowboards in that closet for a good two, two and a half years. Sorry, I still have your sorry snowboards. Sorry for honing it up in your uh, in spare my, bedroom there my, while your, your wife was snowboards pregnant. Your snowboards are in the top of my house right now still. I've been carrying that Fucking Jameson snowboard. I've moved oh three God. fucking times. Yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Every time I, I forgot see I have that, that. Thing. <laughs> I forgot I have that. That's hilarious. Oh, and so you were deployed, and I got that email in from some dude named Emin Hafer. Yeah. And I went out at lunch while I was at work and called him, and we talked for almost an hour and a half, and we were just laughing like about stupid shit. And then I flew up there and he lived in Park City at the time. And we got super fucking wrecked at High West. And we went, walked back to his house. And that's when he told me that he had this little book, this magic book full of crazy t-shirt ideas. And I was like, well, what are some of them? And he's like, well, what about an elk banging a deer or a unicorn banging an elk with a fish on his head? And it just says, you know. Outdoor magic. Yeah, well, his, initially it was like, it was like fishing is magical. And I'm just like, yes. And I got John on the, like our original artist that we were working with yeah. out in California. I'm like, 
dude, I need this. And he's like, what? I was like, this is what I need. And Evan's like, oh my God, there's an artist. And like, like, yeah. so we, we like get it, get this first thing going. And Evan and I stayed up until like three in the morning in his hot tub, still drinking, like, and we're like, we, we should do this. We should do this. We should do this. And then that's when you got home. I was like, this guy is crazy cool. Yeah. You're like what? And then did he, he came out with a bunch of dudes that you knew too. Yeah, he came out with some people because we all kind of worked in a similar office around each other. And then we all, we got, yeah, I think there's a photo of me drinking a beer on Evan's lap like this, yeah. like with the thumbs up. Like, <laughs> in, a, in the garage. Unbeknownst for well, what the we're future all talking would hold. Yeah, Evan, Evan had some crazy business ideas and then uh, we could skip those because it was just, he was working on those things. We kind of jumped in, but we, we were all, we were always very... Just, yeah, whatever you want, dude. Like, once we met yeah. him, we were like, whatever whatever your idea is, we're in. Well, I think it goes and back then, to the whole, like, being, like, not, not afraid to fail kind of thing was, like, one thing that we did early on, and I think we've tried to maintain, is, like, chasing opportunity. Because, and the bigger things get and the more distractions you have, it's easy to kind of just bed down and chill and, like, do consistent behavior. But, like that scrappiness early on is what made it made things pop because there was lots of opportunity. It was a matter of work output and getting it done. And then meeting Evan, he provided this kind of different lens of opportunity. And yeah, we could have done some joint venture stuff, but it was kind of looking at the the whole spectrum of that, you know, 40,000 foot view and going, okay, well, where do we want to like sustain our workload and keep pushing towards? And, you know, there was a lot of stuff with our apparel company that, some drama associated with that and, and differences of personalities and, and goals in life. And that's not discrediting any of those guys. We're friends with all of them. They're great, but everybody has a different vision of where they want to be and, and, and what they want to do and what they want to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think luckily you and I always wanted to, I mean, this ramped everybody, this ramped yeah. seven people into a completely different career path, right? Into where they are now. You've got a real estate guy that's, you know, now owning apartment complex. You got a, a, a Hollywood actor. You, you, you got a guy that, you know, is about to be an 05 in the Air Force. Like, like it's just, there's a number of things that, that kind of stemmed us all out. You know, you've got, you got a guy that is the president of a, of a liquor company, Yeah, you know, yeah. That, that, that is pushing into beer, spirits, all kinds of different things. Like there's just, it, if we all look at that now as like, okay, hey, we were young. We were, we were, figuring shit out. But now look at where we are now. Everybody has fallen into their final spot where they want to be and, and everybody's happy. So it's like, yeah, I think it's like a, a good lane forward. Um, but yeah, I think probably what set us apart personality wise is you and I are, uh, have a little ADHD and we always have to have new things. But the good part about that in business is you can establish like, it's almost like I, I like being the guy in business where there's territory and war that you need to take over. And you're like the tip of the spear that goes in, you know, seizes the airfield like a ranger platoon, sets everything up. Conventional comes in, conventional runs it now. And that's hiring a, a great team that knows how to run that. And then Occupation. Occupation, right. And then the second that I'm like, the line all right, where are we going yeah, next? Because I'm bored know. sitting in this fucking airfield. Um, and a lot of people want to just sit on the airfield, which is totally fine. That's just not how we think. It's like, what's the next project? How can we keep going? And, and, and this and, goes back to, to us kind of always finding that gap because Evan came to us with this coffee idea. Yeah. And that was before anybody had done coffee inside 
the weapons I don't think and it ever, tactical. No, to I my knowledge, no, no, nobody. I mean, I, I would, I would say the only person that predates Black Rifle Coffee is Alpha Coffee, but he was starting a, a coffee shop, but not necessarily like like he had. And I would have to even look at that because even then, I think he may have started in 2012. I'm not sure. We had him on uh, Launch Code, yeah. so I think he explains it there. But at that time, it just didn't exist, and. Here was Evan also too. Evan's always been this forefront of, of strategy in, he was studying subscription bases. Like, dude, the subscription, a, a business that has a subscription is super successful. And, and if you can do this and how you make a good subscription, like his obsessions like were, were amazing. Like right. granted, like if you, you, if any of those change, like where we're at now looks way different like in the beginning where the focus yeah. was and where, where this was. And well, know. I think, but that's a very good point. And, and like what I found through like some other executive seminars and all that is the, the core competency as far as personalities and how they're associated with the business, you have to understand those personalities and allocate them as a resource that they, they are not only motivated to do, but they're good in that skill set. And I think probably something early on for us was, you know, my title CEO, your president, I, I, I didn't want to be stuck in the weeds all day because from a, a work prioritization effort, like I knew I was better at like content and brand and all these other things as were you, but we didn't really want to manage. And I think yeah. that there was that we were doing great, but there was a lot of infrastructure that wasn't built based off of us pushing so hard and then we couldn't get the right people in to kind of manage. And then when Evan comes along, he along, he's so fucking neurotic in the sense of like, once you tell him like, like Management build the standards. best deck, he's yeah. going to sit there for fucking a month for nine hours a day, figuring out every type of deck, you know, and yeah. that's what he's good at. And then we can go chase what we're good at and, and be creative and not. No, and that's, it's, no, it's a really funny thing that you bring that up because the, just my philosophy now is so different than it was five years ago, five years ago, you and I were, we had that, uh, title focus. Yeah. Oh, we titles. When we introduce ourselves, here's our title. I'm the president. I'm the CEO of this. I'm this, right. I'm that, I'm that. And then we've held everything. I'm the CMO of lead slingers. I'm this, I'm that. And it's like, now it's like, Oh, what do you do over there? I don't really know. <laughs> because yeah. I don't care anymore. I don't care about the title anymore because it's just like, I will figure, I will figure out how to create value one way or another and just roll with it. Like, well, yeah, I think there's two ways to look at that. I think certain people from a corporate professional sense might want to climb the ladder and be, you know, star as a manager, then a director, then a, you know, an EVP or a VP and, and walk, work that ladder. But when you're a founder and a business owner, titles don't necessarily matter because your compensation is based off of how you're performing in the company. And not only that, but you own a share in equity in the company. And so team success makes everybody successful. And so to be stuck on that egotistical perspective of, I want a fucking title. So when I go out, people know who I am. Like, ah, like yeah, but that don't ladder care. that you're saying though, doesn't necessarily always work because as a founder owner of a brand, you have to have a level of creativity, identity, and strategy yeah. already ingrained in you. And somebody that starts as a manager in a division and then becomes a division lead, it's like they could not be creative at all. So it's like no. once they're steering the ship, do they even know how to come up with their course? It's like, eh, or do you even want them to? Because honestly, like we've created the course. 
Right. We've hired people to make sure that it stays on that course. And if we want to shift the course, we're shifting the course based on us just having this experience and the years of looking at the space and going, hey, this is, I mean, you look at just how we edit our content now, as opposed to how we edited it five years ago, it's drastically different. Mm -hmm. We're way shorter form, way tighter. Everything's in and out. The joke is there. The entertainment's there. It's how do we get in? How do we get out? And then boom, how do we send them to, to either a, a, an activation or more entertainment or a product that we're releasing or stuff like that. So it's like, you have to have this level of not only creativity, but strategy. Well, 100%. I think that's why we, we, we've discussed so much over the years about like cultural hires. I think you have to have people that fit within what your motivation and strategy is. Because if you, I would like to call it like the ivory tower syndrome, where if you bring in people that are all about process and processes implemented in creativeness, then you're, you're just bogging that whole portion of the business down where like there's certain aspects of, of being an enterprise that, that process is super important, right? Operations, supply chain management, you know, if you're putting in an ERP, your 3PL, there's all those things that like, that's fucking process driven, like finance process driven. But then when that process becomes part of the brand, then you have a lot of these large companies that spend millions and millions and millions and millions of fucking millions of dollars to launch a new can. And you're in like, yeah. you know, and, and for me, that's like, no, you can A, B and test it. You can, you know, get consumer no, feedback. A lot of this is, but is bogus anyway. It's, well, it's it is. It's, it's a way of hiring more people and bleeding a company dry rather than strategically placing yourself to be more efficient and then allocating the resources in that top line revenue towards like strategic growth, brick and mortar and things that will benefit the company and get strategic hires that you want to like grow into that sector rather than having, you know, 17 marketing people around a table that are going to tell you how to send an email. You're like, do we really need that? No, you need a brand well, focus. I, you need this. And I think that comes down to if you truly have a lifestyle brand, you have to live that lifestyle. Number one, because if you, right. if you picked us up and dropped us in fucking polo, like the horse game with croak, things. Yeah. Like, but you say croquet, croquet is different than polo, but well, they still no, have, like, I don't they know. Still I have like the same little fucking or whatever, club whatever thing, it is. You know? I mean, if you take us and put us in something that we have never lived in the lifestyle, we're not going to know how at that point. Yeah. Then you have to buy focus groups. You have to buy the, the information. True. You have to buy the studies because guess what? We don't know. But if, if you're a true lifestyle brand and you live the lifestyle, hey, you don't have to waste money on that bullshit because at the end of the day, you're creating a product that you want to buy. And that works because you understand your audience because you're it. Yeah. And I think, but there's, there's, there's so many different methods of attacking that, right? Like all of us love fishing. I, I'm not a professional fisherman, but then you look at how do you participate in that market share authentically because we do enjoy it. We're hobbyists of it, but we're not professionals. Then you get guys like Jamie Codwell who comes in, who's not only a former tier one guy, but, but also a professional brass fisher. He lives it. Like not only does that benefit me from like a lifestyle brand because we can go out and learn and, and culturally be a great fit with him, but he is a subject matter expert, not only on that, but his authenticity associated with the brand alignment is phenomenal. And, and yes, is it hard to find those guys? Sure. But it, it, you're, you can, it's a matter of networking and then getting the right team and right people in that, in that space rather than 
what, what would we do? The, the, the other, the antithesis of that or the opposite of that would be fucking buying 700 focus groups for $3 million, yeah. burning cash and being like, so we need to get this guy. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, I don't so, know. It, that, that's how we do business. I'm not yeah. saying it's right, but that's how we do well, it. Well, here's a question. Like, uh, you know, Evan has always given us autonomy to essentially take up whatever role or position or anything we want to do inside the company. He's always said that. He's always, the opportunity is endless. And, you know, a while ago, I always see it as, man, you know, I kind of wonder, not very many people have this opportunity. Should I, should I have jumped into something, something as far as the management piece or the corporate piece? You know, I have the, the opportunity to be an executive, but you know, for me, it's like, dude, it just bogs my creative brain down. So I've stayed away from it. But yeah. you, a few years ago, jumped in and said, no, I want to be the VP. I want to look at the management side of this. I want to look at all of our performance and everything. And I want to speak to guys. What made yeah. you want to do that? That's a great question, man. Uh, ego, 100% ego. Yeah. I've, I've always been interested in business. Um, but there was some key indicators that people's perception of my personality was solely based on social media and it was what the character was. Yeah. And it was hyper frustrating because that is an extension of my personality. I make those jokes. I make really dark humor. Like obviously we've been friends for a decade. And when we go play guitar, we sing about your, your pussy makes me whistle. And those are, those are fun things and and I enjoy them and they're fun. But there was a lot of feedback early on specifically related around part, some partners and some other people that were in the company that were influencing my partners and other people that I was this wild, crazy kid that just wanted to get hammered, bang chicks. Yeah, we, we, had, we both had that reputation of, of look course. at them, look at that. What, what do they even do here? Of course. And it's like, and, and the, was, the one that got it for me is there was a gentleman and, and we're great friends this day. And, and I think from his opinion and perspective at that time, wasn't necessarily wrong in his thought process. But he looked at me and said, you're, you're a social media influencer. And this was like three years into us making social media. And he said, your shelf life's over in a year or two. We'll replace you. I don't know why that fucking pissed me off so bad. Cause I was like, fuck you. Yeah. You, I was we like, built you can't it. replace we me. I was like, we all built this. Like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to be high. I'm Matt best when I'm fucking high. I'm fat best when I'm fucking 60 year old, year old. Yeah. But there's, there's things that I can do for the company as far as like professionalizing how I work in that space, not only from an on-camera perspective, but from a directorial sense, from an editorial sense. And then not only like using my brain to how to be creative in process that is business driven and in, in strategy and where we're going to open up shops and all of that. Well, I mean, I'll just put a, I'll put something out right now that I don't know if many people know or, or something. Show me once where someone outside our core circle has come to us with an idea that was successful in the marketing realm. As far it's as- It's hard. Uh, yeah, it's very hard. Can you? No one has ever given hard. us a video or a, or a commercial that we went, we're doing that. Yeah. Outside of our- Two circle. parts of that. We are very- um, <laughs> we're very inclusive about uh, wanting our ideas because we but think they're But we're not going to shell off a good no, idea. No, 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 no. I've never been presented with a good idea. Yeah, very seldom. I've heard many. Very seldomly. You're part of the fucking inner circle. You've had some good ideas. Yeah. So you don't count. So don't look at me like that. But that goes back to the cultural <laughs> fit because now as, as we've grown, there's kind of other tasks associated with the brand and marketing that that necessarily don't fit our time 
as well because we need to be visionaries. And so you have very smart young guys and gals that are hyper creative that know how to build a fucking epic paid, email. Yeah, paid marketing like, is like different. two years yeah, ago. Yeah. I was in every email marketing meeting going yeah. through every single photo, every freaking copyright copy edit going this is exactly now i barely even fucking touch those things and like, i used to I build full, all of ours yeah. for art 15 so it's like these yeah. are some of those things too that people don't understand that we have these skills as well it's like no i've i've spent hours upon hours if not hundreds of hours of my life reading email ab testing data and oh hey how yeah. do you how do you make this and then building the blocks ourselves like what's well, a good point in that i think from an, an entrepreneurial sense of a startup is the only thing that's free in all of this is time. And so it's like, do you want to hire a third party email marketing agency to tell you what you want to do with your brand? Or do you want to sit back and go, fuck it, I'm going to get a couple hours of sleep less a night. And I'm going to learn how to communicate and message with their customer, build out a good looking email that fits us. Or do you want to pay $20,000 a month for some people completely outside of your, your space to tell you how to do that? That are just using philosophy. They're not, they're not even using, because that's the one thing that I've always said. Anybody that has tried to pry in to us, which we've had plenty of people thinking that they can come in. I always say the same thing. You have no clue how this community thinks. What's not it? a clue. Yeah. And you're not going to figure it out because yeah, you've never been it. <laughs> back to your polar reference. It'd be like someone saying, hey, Matt, you've been very successful in, in, in this brand stuff and all blah, blah, blah. And then me going over and getting, a let's just say, a, a high executive salary at this polo company. And they're like, what do we do? I'd be like, fuck if I know, yeah. you know, like I can give you part of the process of how we've done it, but I can't fill the frames because I know nothing I mean, about yeah, horses. Months of me. Yeah. Hey, I need to know who's buying our stuff. How yeah. many of them are there? What is their age group? What One are, thing where, I know where, is where the jockeys have to be like five foot tall, right? I don't know. I think that's horse racing. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't whatever. know much. I, is polo I'm even what you call this? I'm is it called ignorant. polo? Is it the game with the horses and shit? Okay. That's polo. Golf clubs and a horse. That's but a then really water polo is played with a volleyball. The English language is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. I think again, the most important thing is just having fun in all this. I mean, the, the business is 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 by far the most challenging job I've ever had. And I mean, granted, there is no like yeah. I'm not waking up every morning thinking I'm going to get shot in the face. But that's nice. The, the stressors that just are all it's the all consuming fire. And I mean, I'm sure you do too. Like true or false. What? You, the worst stress, the worst stress that you have in your life is constantly whether or not you're doing what you, what, what consumes us, I think the most is if we're living up to our, our position with our partners. Sure, sure. No, I, because that's all I've thought about for seven years. It, it, we have a we have a very uh, healthy and unhealthy relationship. In it's the awful, sense of, <laughs> but it's funny. Yeah, it's like I, I we, we've gotten better, but you know, even like I don't a, think I've ever heard a compliment. No, no, we don't compliment Never each other once. Not no, oh, man, that was. Oh, that was a good job. Like, not even after like no, it's a like, demolishing song, like, sales. We had a like, disagreement with it was Logan and I, and I'm just gonna call him out. But yeah. I was when we did quarantine, Logan, and I was like, man, I think this is super funny. It's family friendly. What it's did he call go it again? And he, he called it. It's uh, it, it's too bland, or it's too. So you're just working on that project that's bland, bland, and all of that. 
And then it comes out and is one of my su- most successful songs of all time. We got in national news cycles for it. We networked in with some country he, music He artists. used some word that was really funny because yeah, I remember was, when you sent him the Fox News. Well, we also News said, things. it's just not a Matt Best video, I think, yeah. something like that. <laughs> but but after like the, the, the numbers proved him wrong, he was just like, whatever, fuck you. Whatever, right? so yeah. Like, it's and, not like, oh man, that really man, jumped I was wrong. Us up. Yeah. And that's not a discrediting him by any means of the imagination, but it, it's just how we communicate internally. And, and I think that's a portion of that might be a little unhealthy is and if Evan gives a compliment, you're like, what do you, what, what, what did you just hey, good job. I'm like, I mean, just the other day, like I saw I like get on Instagram and he goes, Great article with Jared. And I was like, Oh man, he's what is he proud of me? Like he <laughs> shared an article with me, and I just hit share and I I jumped on a plane and then I land and I realize it says fat tack P veteran <laughs> attends lightning challenge. Like <laughs> But dude, our relationship's been the same thing. Like, when have you ever said good job, really? Very solely. But back at Always. you. Oh, come on. You're you're probably one of the most complimentary people. Yeah, yeah. You you come to me if you want real it's like, feedback. I'm pretty. No, but I'm the same with you, though. When you put out stuff, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's whatever. It like, works. Thanks. Yeah, we're, we're pretty bad at that. But in, in the good part about the civil lining, it creates a very competitive work environment yeah, where you're like, always, you're actively trying to like make your partners no one's like, coasting. I couldn't have done that. No one's coasting. Yeah. And that's one thing about the group is no one's coasting. It's like, shit, I got to do this. Like, Yeah, I mean, the fun part, right? We all we all enjoy it. I love our work. I think it, it's it's a little bit of opportunity, a little bit of blessings and a lot of hard work that, that kind of got us where we're at. And to be honest with you, this isn't like, Oh, we fucking did it. This is like the real work is starting right now. Yeah. Like the yeah. real work, it's only piling on more and more today and the expectations of We've partners. Got years. To be, we got years to oh, go. Dude, there's, like, there's no, I'm end not going to, I'm not going to retire and be bored. What am I going to do? You the know. same thing I do now, Jack shows up and we film videos of me covered in mustard. <laughs> so why not keep the job? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that that's a very good thing that we've done is allowing freedom of movement in the creative space is because it keeps every day interesting. You kind of like my days, like, you know, which I don't talk about my days a lot, but like, you know, I usually sleep into like seven thirty eight, and then eight to like four is like my email, like whatever the fuck I have to do in the day as far as brand. And then right after that, you're going into like creative mode as far as playing guitar. How can I write a new song? What skit can we do? And you end up working long hours, but it doesn't really feel like a fucking, you know, 15 hour day. It just kind of feels like you're doing what you love. And and we're very fortunate to be in that position. And I, and I, I would hope to inspire more people to be that way because when you look back, I, mean, at, I don't think a lot of people even know that you still edit everything. You still do that yourself. Like, cause I've seen comments before. Oh, you must care. be nice having a crew to do it. It's like, I don't care. Oh no. I don't care. You do it. I, I don't care. What? I, no, I, was, I don't, I don't care that people don't know. No, I mean, like, I, but that's a bit, that's a, that's a thing. Like we we all are still actively involved in all of this. It's not, it's yeah. not on autopilot. It's not, no, I mean, oh, we have everybody to do everything. Most people with us. my size YouTube channel would have like five people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably a five person team. Yeah. It there, we, we have, I know people we have with one tenth the size of your YouTube channel. They have five people working for them. Well, maybe they put out more content. I don't maybe know. I always, I always look at that. Like, like watching a guy walk around with like three people. He has twenty five thousand people on Instagram. Like, what the, what the hell's going on over here? Like, yeah, are, I we, guess, are I mean, we just crazy hard on ourselves? Pro- probably. <laughs> I mean, we have we have such a great family and support system at Black Rifle, and we obviously pull those assets in here or there to, to benefit the company. But yeah, I mean, like if you look at a video like Gun Free Zone, I mean that was. 
what, three of us, four of us, like as far as coming up with that, you're filming it inside of my house. The actors that we're using are Jared, Eli, Gallagher, me, all team internal. Um, then you have some of the other people that are like on the production side of Black Rifle. Casey Schmidt was visiting from Northwest Grip from Seattle and jumps in on lighting. Yeah. Jumped in lighting, which is a buddy, which is like, we're, we're still in like, like, year one yeah, this modality is with a lot of it. Yeah. But I think that's a large part of the authenticity is because you don't have a set of 60 people and they're like, this, everybody's got to have their idea when we're like, we don't fucking care as long as the joke hits and people laugh and it's received well and we're giving a value add to to who's watching Could us. Could you imagine if we, had, if we had a board of bureaucrats that once a video was done, it went to like nine levels of people that all, oh, well, I don't think this, like nothing would get done. No, it's literally like you, me, and Evan. Just yeah. like shoot you video. Guys like this yeah, idea? Evan would be, yeah, Evan, Evan's always like, eh, I would have done better. Shut up. It's <laughs> like you just do it Shut anyway. <laughs> ah, it's fun, man. It really is. It's fucking fun. That's the beauty of YouTube too, is like reinventing the wheel, not the wheel, but like reinventing your creative side so much as far as not sticking to like the same content stylistically. It's yeah. like, let's just go do a country song. Let's go try this Columbia yeah, we haven't done a rap, rap song. Let's we haven't go. done a rap battle in a while. We haven't done a rap battle in a while. And there's one already written. Yeah, what's that? Navy SEAL versus oh, really Ranger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think? What do you think we should do for 2021? What's, what's next? What's something f- cool that we haven't done yet? I don't know. For me, it's just pushing the boundaries of how, how much Maybe we can we get away go with. somewhere. We've never done that. Go somewhere? Yeah. Like a vacation? Yeah. What's that? Well, you've, you've always said we want to do that fun vacation style video. That's true. I definitely want to do that. I think that was me just trying to piggyback production on actually taking four days <laughs> yeah. off for once in our lives. But I mean, we got like 10 hours in Nassau in the Bahamas last year. <laughs> I didn't get that, but you were oh, oh, you and I. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't really call that. <laughs> couple hours. We were only there for a couple <laughs> yeah, hours. No. We like flew in, had sushi, slept, woke up. We had a couple spicy conversations with someone no longer with us about that one. <laughs> <laughs> you guys fucking off. I'm like, we filmed. It's in who we, we are. Filmed, like, we three fuck, things. Yeah. yeah. Fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah. I think that, that that is an interesting component, I think, of being a more digital media company that is also a CPG company is the the lifestyle aspect of it, people have a hard time understanding that that's just not your everyday life, that they think you're just partying and fucking off. And you see that sometimes internal. And I don't really, you know, disagree with their perspective necessarily because it's just a sense of ignorance and them not knowing. But I mean, that stuff can't happen unless there's so much thought and, 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 you know, stuff you do to get it there. It just doesn't happen. I mean, <laughs> you don't pick up a camera. It's like the whole, Jared, make a viral video and hold up an iPhone. Make what a viral video. How? I I don't know. I think this year, I think this year will be good, really good because of tech, just technology wise, some of the equipment, like these new iPhones that yeah. uh, I got the new iPhone, like you could shoot a whole thing just on that. You got three lenses on it. Like I was messing with it the last couple of days. I'm, I'm just blown away that it's like, this is at my fingertips now. I can I can now do even more. Well, I, for me, it's like at least on the content side. I, I like, and I, I've been blessed to sit right seat with you know Sam and Nico a lot at Corridor. And there's just there there's certain like small things you do to increase increase the production value so much. Like something I never knew was like lighting. We're shooting on a cinematic Pocket Pro Black Magic. You can look it up. It's a fairly inexpensive camera comparatively $1, to the hundred dollar body. Yeah, it's not that bad comparatively to like what you get out of it. 
But when you're shooting in like raw without proper lighting, it looks good. But then when you take the 15 minutes to properly light a scene, now it looks like it's a fucking Throw some rims. Mm -hmm. And I I think a lot of the feedback recently in videos are like, who is this team? It's the same cameras and team. We're just learning that learning, we can hire yeah. or teach and professionally develop some of the people on the production side. Like Ronnie's running sound and you got Kurt and him helping with lighting and they're developing all these amazing production skills, but then they're making the overall project look that much better and that much, you know, professional, which is, yeah. which is really fun. No, I'm excited. Well, this was a, this was a good one. Hell Yeah. Yeah. We're like we just hang out in the deck. This is really nice weather today. Sun's going down, you know. Dave's going to start yelling at us for the exposure changing, so be ready for that. I did bring that up, Matt, didn't I? I said it might not be good to be outside because the lighting's going to change, but fuck it. Yeah, we're good. Fuck it. All right, well, we got some stuff coming up. All right. We'll let everybody know. Oh, by the way, the Free Range American store is now open. Yeah, we got Free some- Range American.us. Yeah. We got a lot of cool stuff coming. Some specific, uh, you know, personality-driven um, merchandise that I think everybody's going to like. As far as some stuff on your end, some stuff on my end yep. that we're going to incorporate in Black Rifle and FRA, and it's um, for us. It, it, we're, we're very thankful, but it, it's fun for us to to a lot of this. Like we don't we don't have any sponsors on FRA, right? No. We, we we do this not yet because we enjoy it and we want to bring great guests and tell great stories. And I think that's very similar to the content aspect of Black Rifle. Like we don't make a lot of money, especially with a lot of the demonetization that's happening um, in the firearms related content. So it's more, we just put it out because you guys enjoy it. And we, we personally love making it. And now we we just appreciate uh, the support and the company side. People, if you're out there and you want to hang out with Matt, you can hang out with him three times a week on Twitch, Twitch, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'll probably, when is it? Is this dropping like tomorrow? This is dropping Sunday. Sunday, okay, whatever. There, there's some exciting stuff coming up on the um, the live streaming stuff for me as well. As far as um, might be co-hosting some very large events nice. um, in competitive events. the Activision world and Com- some other stuff. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to like branch out and and learn some new stuff on that. And I'm, I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be a part Amazing. of it. Amazing. So. Yeah. So it's uh, Matt Best Eleven X. Yeah, twitch.tv backslash mattbest11x yeah, just adding that workload I was like you know what I don't need is a couple hours off every night I'm gonna fucking stream let's yeah. go <laughs> no I mean it's I a good way stream, if, awesome. yeah, if you if you want almost a one on one interaction with you it's a way to do that because it's yeah. not it's not oversaturated no. it's not like an Instagram live where there's you know you're on for 20 minutes and there's thousands of people asking questions and commenting people can go in and legitimately talk to you for a couple I, hours. And then I respond log to off. nearly everybody yeah. I try, unless I'm like, you know, in you're more in, zone into and the circle game. and yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get that. And then I jump life. in the Discord and fuck you guys all up. That's okay. You're funny. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. We will uh, be back on some core fours soon. Very soon. Later. Later.